1: if you are international
0: and want to add that to your calendar so you don't have to do all the time conversions, head on over to lovereality.org circles and add the internet church circle to your calendar. Welcome back to The Move. or are vibing through the book 10 minutes at a time. I'm your host, Justin Koo. And in today's episode, we're talking about that one time in the Bible where Jacob uses voodoo witchcraft in order to secure a retirement plan. If you're wondering what in the world are we looking at? We're looking at Genesis chapter 30, verses 25 to 43. Today, hanging out with Pastor Ben Williams. Real quick, before we dive into the episode, I do want to address the elephant in the room. If you're watching the video version of this podcast, if you're wondering why in the world, Justin, does it look like you're sitting on a camp chair in an empty living room? It's because I'm sitting on a camp chair in an empty living room. In the last episode, we kind of broke the news, I think, for the first time on the podcast that Emily and I had moved to Hawaii to help plant a church online we're still figuring out what that looks like and we'll have more to share in the weeks and months to come. But we finally found an apartment. It's been like a week of searching and one burden is off our shoulders. And now the next burden of like furniture and get stuff for the house and all that kind of stuff. And it's interesting because in today's passage, there was something that was said um, that Jacob's quotes in. It's uh, later in verse 30. And he asks a question and he says, when can I start providing for my own family? And I I just couldn't help but think like that's exactly the kind of train of thought that I'm on right now. It's like, how do I provide for my family? It is a challenge to do that. I think just generally speaking, given the economy now, gas prices are like through the roof for everyone but to try and figure out how to do that while on a missionary kind of budget on the islands of Hawaii. Ben, you know what that's like. I mean, you moved to Hawaii recently uh, to pursue ministry. And uh, I don't know, is this a question that you have for yourself? Like, what about the future? What do I do?
2: Yeah, sometimes, I mean, especially, you know, that ministry budget doesn't always (laughs) feel like there's a lot left over to provide for the future. It feels, I mean, okay, this is going to sound really bad, but it almost... (laughs) I don't even know if I should say it. Okay, <laughs> Say it say here it, it, say goes. It, say it. It sometimes feels like, and you may feel this way too, that like the church is Laban and we as like ministry workers are Jacob. And Ooh. we, although we're working for him and getting sustained, there's not a ton left over to be like, hey, let me take care of my family. Let me put away for the future. It's kind of like this, I don't know, like just enough to sustain. And it seems like that's kind of what Jacob's saying, right? Because he obviously has enough to live on, but he's like, when am I actually going to be able to start building my own equity? Like I'm building your equity and you're feeding me for it. (laughs) But like, when do I get my equity? And I could almost feel that some, and it's such a blessing to live in a parsonage, but there's like a level of like, I'm building zero equity.
0: (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I can see the relatability to it. Obviously, neither one of us feel even the least bit that we're complaining. I mean, we're we're no, I'm not bitter about
1: it. And
0: and even if I wasn't in Hawaii, I would say that I have not been bitter about it either. Serving the Lord is a privilege and it's an honor. And I'm really grateful that that's how I get to spend my life. But it is a question that's in the back of my mind. And it's exciting to see that that Jacob is starting to think about this. Um, and and it's really interesting because there's an acknowledgement on Laban's part that Jacob's done quite a bit for him. Like that the reason why he seems to be succeeding, the reason why he seems to be prospering financially is is actually because of Jacob's presence.
2: Yeah. He even says it's he says, I divined. Like I went to someone who does like voodoo to figure out why am I doing so unreasonably good right now? Like it's like Laban recognizes, huh? My business is thriving and I don't know why. And so he goes to like, I mean, apparently a diviner, a sorcerer of some sort and is like, hey, tell me what's going on. And they're like, oh, yeah, no, that's Jacob, because Jacob has a really big, strong God. And because he's here, you're doing great. So probably hang on to him. And that's when he it, gets like uncomfortable.
0: <laughs> I think it's so cool because this is just yet again, one of the many ways that God is fulfilling his promise, right? In in you, in, in your seed, will all nations be blessed. And we are seeing in, in a small sense how, how Laban and his family is being blessed by this. And it, there's this recognition of it. And, and And it's just interesting because he's like, okay, whatever you need, whatever you want, like it's yours. And yet there's this scheme in the background of still like, This is the guy that's been taking care of me for all these years. He's the husband to two of my daughters, which is already weird in and of itself. But even in the middle of all that, Laban's like, all right, how can I screw him again?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it's super weird because this is is kind of the disposition of those who don't believe in the abundance. Hmm. Like it's kind of a disposition of whatever I have is fleeting and I need to really like figure out how to take and, keep and it's like this idea of trying to control what they have because they're so afraid of losing it and it's and it's such an interesting contrast because Jacob has the exact opposite disposition Hmm. which is I mean wild because he's come a long way because if you remember at the beginning of this whole story his entire disposition is let me deceive and try to control and get not trusting in God and Laban now kind of has taken over that I mean that disposition where he's trying to trick and deceive so that he can control and receive. Whereas Jacob feels completely comfortable in that God is guiding and taking care of him so that he can even do something wild. Like he does later on where he, he says, Hey, listen, you know, those sheep that are really, really rare and spotted, just give me those. And it's like, he he's completely confident that even if he kind of takes the short end of the stick, it's not about the short end of the stick. It's about the fact that God is there blessing him.
0: It's such a good take-home point that that God is absolutely fulfilling his promise. He is looking out for him. He doesn't have to be reaching anymore. But when I was reading through this, I was thinking to myself, I mean, maybe this is because like I never grew up on a farm and I'm so ignorant mm-hmm. about livestock. I'm so ignorant <laughs> about sheep in particular. But I was thinking about striped and spotted sheep. Is, that, mm-hmm. is that, Was that the language? Yeah, uh, speckled or spotted striped yeah. I was just like i don't know that i've ever seen a sheep like that i mean all the felt boards and all the times that i read you know the <laughs> old mcdonald had a farm like i've i i do not think that i've ever really seen that so is is it literally just that sheep or that have some kind of physical is it a deformity is it a certain type of sheep like what is indicated by the, this classification of sheep here
2: yeah, it's, a, it's like a defect. It's like an abnormality. And so if you, I don't know the actual t- statistics, but like, let's say, and again, I don't know the statistics, so you can <laughs> Google it and you can figure it out. But like, let's say out of a hundred sheep, let's say 10 of them come out speckled just because it's it's abnormal. And mm-hmm. so he, what he's saying basically is, hey, don't give me anything. And he, what's happening here is when he comes up to Laban and he says, I'm going to go, what are you going to send me with? There's a law in Deuteronomy that basically if someone works for you as an indentured servant and then they end up leaving, you have to send them off with a gift. You can't send them empty handed. So Jacob's kind of like, hey, I'm heading out. Where's my gift? And Laban is like, what can I do? I'll give you anything to get you to stay. And he says, let me get like the short end of the stick. Let me just pick out the ones that are defective. Let me get the ones that are not wanted, that are not desired, that are less frequent the ones that presumably are sick in some way, right? Because back then they would have thought that these sheep were probably not as strong of ones. And so he says, just let me go pick and whichever ones come out. So very rarely when a sheep comes out this way, let me just have that and then I'll stay with you.
0: So it's interesting. He he asks for the short of a stick, and you would think mm-hmm. that Laban would, out, out of gratitude, be like, yeah, absolutely. Like this is this is definitely what you're worth. I mean, he literally said like anything you want and yeah. yet he goes and he hides all of these different animals from yeah. uh from Jacob and then what Jacob does what i can only look at as <sighs> as, as voodoo cuz he does this thing with a stick and some branches and some trees and basically voila like now all the strong sheep are giving offspring that are exactly the description of the abnormal sheep. Like they're all spotted. They're all speckled. They're all um, black. They are all they all have streaks on them. And it's just like, what what is happening here? And again, this is where like, man, you know, maybe in, in future seasons of the move, instead of just having a bunch of pastors who have all been to seminary, maybe we gotta get like a shepherd on every once in a while. Because like, I feel Honestly. like there's something missing here
2: that would be that would be so great they would probably they would just add so much <laughs> but what's what's really interesting is actually the answer to this question is kind of found in chapter 31 where basically someone kind of asks him what's going on and he's like well when I was making this deal, God said, look up to the heaven. And when I looked up to the heaven, he said, all of these strong sheep are going to be looking like this. And so he's like, all right. So then he goes and he he basically tells Laban, I'll take the strong, I'll take these ones, knowing that like God has already shown him which ones are going to be blessed and multiply the strong. Mm. Um, And so it's really interesting. There's a lot of different opinions on why does he do these weird things with the sticks? Like, why does he keep just he says, like when they're breeding, when the strong ones are breeding, he's just like goes and like puts out the sticks, he puts a stick and in he, like, front of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so some, some some scholars say, oh, well, he knew something about you know medicines that would make them be this way, or maybe it was a psychological thing. But I think more than anything, it's trying to help us understand that like this was God's provision. Like it was mm. trying to help us understand that this was not by chance. This wasn't just willy-nilly that this happened but it was Jacob fully trusting that God was gonna bless him if God is the one that showed him. And so, Mm. I mean, maybe we'll get to heaven and Jacob will be like, yeah, no, I knew about this like different herb that would make them come out spotted. Or, oh yeah, no, God showed me this weird psychological principle with sheep that they become what they see. I don't know what it's gonna be, but the main push, the main force of this story is the idea that like God is the one that actually makes this shift happen. God is the mm-hmm. one that is looking out for Jacob, even when he gets the short end of the stick. And what it really reminds me of, and I was talking to you about this a little bit earlier, is the story of Abram and Lot. When they come to this promised land and they look to one side, I don't remember if it was the right or the left, maybe the right side. They look to the right side, let's see, and they see all of this beautiful valley land. And then they look to the left side and they see kind of rugged, rugged and not great land. And Abram in confidence says, Lot, like, which one do you want? And Lot says, oh, I want the one that's super lush, has the cities. I'm going to go down there. And Abram is completely satisfied going with the less blessed, quote unquote, the less blessed land, knowing that he goes with God and that Mm. wherever he goes with the blessing of God, that will be the place of abundance. He doesn't need something Mm. that looks good or traditionally has been good because he knows that he carries with him the very presence of God. Like, mm. he carries with him the blessing. Like, everything around him could be literally nothing, and he is the one that actually brings the blessing. And it's kind of the same thing where Jacob understands. Like, he, he was a sheep herder for all of these years. Like, he was looking after the flocks. He would understand this is not the good choice by human standards to take these, like, rare sheep if I want a lot of sheep. But he understands that whatever he chooses actually gets the blessing. He understands Mm. that he actually in himself brings the blessing to his situation. And so then he's not like worried about being taken advantage of. He's Mm. not worried. Like he's like, he couldn't care less that Laban is tricking him because he knows again, like what his blessing is coming from is God, which means like you Mm. can't take it from him. Like you are literally unable to take advantage of Jacob. And he knows this.
0: It helps me to understand why Jesus would say something so radical, like forgiving your enemies seventy times seven yeah. um how later in the New Testament it would talk about how we should prefer other people like at a higher esteem than, yeah. than ourselves and 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 it seems as though that the push of Scripture is for us to live so self sacrificially that. We literally give our lives away to others mm-hmm. and so that others would be, uh, would be blessed mm-hmm. and that we're turning the other cheek, we're going the extra mile, we're doing all these things for the sake of bringing a blessing to others.
1: Mm-hmm. But I
0: think that one of the, the common like question marks with that is like, well, if we really live that way, if we really follow that to its logical conclusion, then how am I going to take care of my family? like Jacob is asking, yeah. right? How am I going to get this retirement plan? And it's just so interesting that if we have the realization that our blessing comes with us, that, that we carry the blessing like you were describing, as yeah. opposed to the blessing being found in circumstances, mm-hmm. then I think we show up differently. We can show yeah. up with this confidence and this 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 knowledge that like in Ephesians chapter one verses what is it, verse five, that, that God has blessed us with every single blessing. Like if we have that frame of mind, We can answer into uh, agreements that maybe we get the short of the stick, but we can do so not being taken advantage of because we're doing it Mm -hmm. consciously because we're trying to bring the blessing to others.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And there's no, there's no like fear in this. Mm. Like we can literally give away anything that we're prompted to give away by God, knowing that if he supplied it in the first place, like Mm. We have no fear. Like if I am the one, if I believe myself to have built my quote unquote empire, my empire of nothing personally, but like you might have a great empire, I don't know. (laughs) But if you believe yourself to have built this empire and it's all on you and it's been all your hard work and no one gave it to you and it's all on you, then like you probably should from that vantage, from that perspective, try to control and hoard. I mean, yeah. But if you actually realize that the kingdom of heaven has opened its storehouses and that's why you're blessed, then there Mm -hmm. is no fear in actually giving away and blessing other people. Because Mm -hmm. again, you didn't earn it. You didn't scrape it together yourself. You actually were, it was given to you in that way you can give it away knowing that the storehouses of heaven actually don't run dry. Like Mm -hmm. they are not going to run dry. You're good. Like your blessings come from him. You no longer need to fear giving them away
0: Hmm. so then it sounds like you and, and and i'll throw myself in the boat there too you and i are both even if our working relationship with the church was the kind of jacob and laban where we're building <laughs> another person's empire and what about myself which, it's, about not, which it's not which it's not which, which, which it's not we want we <laughs> yeah. want to be completely clear yeah, please don't fire was, me <laughs> <laughs> I love my job um, <laughs> yeah. but but even if even if it was, it would be the kind of thing that we would still happily do because we yeah. get to follow God where He's going, we get to to live with the confidence that the promise is like that we carry it, and mm. so what a joy to spend this entire life giving it away, living for others uh, and it's I don't know it's just it's exciting, you know, people might feel like. I don't don't know if people feel this way or not, but I don't know. I I live with this kind of latent insecurity now that I have to try and figure out how to communicate the story that my family, we all moved to Hawaii to be missionaries. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, of course. You know, when God calls you to Hawaii, you got to go. And so I have that kind of insecurity in the back of my mind. But if you follow the last 15, 20 years of my life, like there have been many moments of these kind of like crazy sacrifices where we drop mm. everything and move. like we've we've lived in so many different places i i lived on floors in churches for for like a decade mm. um it's just i i guess i i want to just like point out the fact that you know what following god wherever is awesome even if it's not yeah. hawaii and it's something that even if it never lent um Never led to Hawaii. I would. I want to say that I would still feel the same way. That I'm excited Mm. to live a life following God where He's calling. And and I don't know. We we don't do this a lot on the show, right? We don't really try and say this. And this is what you should do. And this is what you should take away. But I don't know if there's a way for me to encourage others who feel like maybe they're getting the short end of the stick in pursuing God. If there's a way for me to use this moment to encourage you and say, Hey, hang on there. There's there's something beautiful that's coming. God sees it when when we get the short end of the stick, and yet the promise is still faithful. God is working in you and God's working through you and it's going to be a beautiful thing.
2: Yeah, 100%. And I think like, man, getting the short end of the stick, I think is impossible for Christians. Mm-hmm. One, because blessings go with us like we're talking about, but two, because like we literally know this world is not the end. Like mm-hmm. we know that even if we don't see the blessings come pouring down, like some people did in the Bible, like we know that we actually get eternal life with the one that loves us, that is the all-powerful creator of the universe. And even if this life is you continually getting the short end of the stick, like, that's not the end of the story. This is just the Mm. very, very beginning.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is is what we see in in the life of Jesus, right? He lived an entire life getting the short end of the stick. Mm -hmm. And yet, his is the name upon which every knee bows. And there's, it's just... I remember hearing when I was growing up a pastor use the phrase of like the kingdom of God is like an upside down kingdom that the way up is down and Jesus said it in other ways the way to find your life is to is to lose it is to give it away and I think that there's something there and it's cool because we don't have to feel like as we're doing it we're missing out because we carry the promise Hey, before you go, I wanted to tell you guys about the book club. We actually have started the book club over the last couple of weeks and it's been a fantastic experience and I would love for you to be able to be a part of it. We are trying to gear the book club specifically uh, for people who are wanting to experience this gospel, good news, this message of freedom for yourself. The book of course is titled free from sin, the audacious claim of gospel freedom and what it means for you. And so if you're one of these people, you're like, man, I'm hearing what you're saying. I'm intrigued, but I have a bunch of questions and I'm not sure exactly how to start, how to even like where to start and all the things, or maybe you even want to share this message with a friend or a family member who you've been trying to, but don't quite know all the ways to go about it. The good news is we're going step-by-step every chapter of the book. And it's been such a fun experience. I just wanted to send the invitation to you. It is on Sunday mornings, 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, which for me now with the move to Hawaii is like seven in the morning. So I may or may not at on occasion say something incoherent since I'm still trying to wake up at that hour <laughs> of the day. But we would love to have you. If you're interested in joining the book club, we would, you only have to do one thing. You just text the word of book club to the number. That's 808-204-4372. And basically an hour before the Bible study starts, we will text message you a link. You just click it and join. And it's really fun. Um, One of the questions that we get as a follow-up is, what about international people? Yes, international people can participate. Obviously, you'll have to figure out the time zone uh, adjustment for yourself. The texting service doesn't work for international um, people from what I gather. So if you are trying to get the link, just send me a message on Instagram at J-K-H-O-E and I'll send you the link. You set it as as an alert in your calendar and we'll see you there. Again, the number is 808-204-4372. Just text the word book club and we'll see you there.